This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as past teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. I'm very thankful we have a foundation that is not shaken by the news, not shaken by uh, the culture, not shaken by email, not shaken by that random text. I'm so thankful for something, which is Jesus Christ, someone who's the foundation. Amen. Amen. So glad you're in church today. As you grab a seat, can you smile at somebody, wave at somebody, fist bump somebody? Come on, we're a friendly church. Want to welcome our online uh, online campus, online church. So glad you're with us today. And uh, we have so many here in person, but we see you uh, on both Facebook and YouTube. We're really, really glad you've joined us today. And uh, we love that you share this stream. So you're, it's the easiest way to invite people, just share the stream. But we love seeing you in the comments section. And as always, if you jump in that comment section, we pick one or two people on each stream and we send you a gift this week. And these are the books we're going to be giving away to you this week, to a couple people in the chat. And I want to give it away to those in person as well. Uh, this is the book that this series is built off of. It's called Convergence by a guy named John Thompson from Ontario. Um, why Jesus needs to be more than Lord and Savior for a church to thrive in a post-Christian world. Talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we've leaned heavily on this book. And uh, who wants this book? Who wants, who wants this book right here? I see you second row. I'm throwing it. You ready? All right, you can catch. Awesome. Um, this is my favorite book in the last 12 months that I've read, The Ruthless, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Anybody read this book? If, if you feel like you're pushed from behind all the time, like there's not enough time, there's not enough day, there's not enough energy, it feels like you're just always going. It feels like you are a duck. You know a duck? Well, underneath the water, they're just panicking. On top, you're like, I'm good, it's fine. But underneath the water, you're just like, oh, that was so much of my life. And God's had me on a journey these last two years. This was a big part of that. Who here would say, I, I need a little bit, I need a little bit of help with that? I just need, who needs that? Who? who, who uh, Marco? Oh, all right. Uh, this section was singing loudest today. So I love you. I just like you more. Okay, right. Emily? You got a baby, a newborn, you need this book. The sequel, The Ruthless Elimination of Diapers, is coming. So, anyway, thank you, Murphy. Good morning, church. We're so glad you're in church today. Thank you so much. We're so glad you've joined us today. We're in a series uh, that we started a few weeks ago. And um, um, we believe that uh, it's going to be a blessing to you. Um, and uh, I've heard so many comments already, but we believe it's going to be equipping and helpful. I do want to say this, that as of tomorrow in our city, in, in Halifax, in Nova Scotia, restrictions are lifting. Um, after two years, restrictions are lifting. Yeah, some people are really excited about that. Some of you are not, you're nervous. Uh, and that's okay. We want to say as of tomorrow, most restrictions are lifting. Um, and next Sunday, you're going to see it look a little different. Same passion, same energy. Um, but we want to let you know this. Masks are lifting for most of culture tomorrow. Um, so next week in church, you won't see it. There will be distancing. I just wanted to say, and we as a leadership want you to say, if you feel comfortable wearing masks to church, would you please do so next week? Um, 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 there's a freedom not to. We're so glad. Many of us are ready to sing without it, mixing it. Am I the only one that my makeup gets ruined by my mask? Come on. <laughs> I need it for the online. That's why I have it. But um, I want to say this. If you feel comfortable, if you feel like I think I'd rather wear a mask, just know this is a safe place to do that. Okay? So be free in that. And uh, we're excited to see you either way next week. Um, and we're looking forward to that. Also, our kids' ministry today is having a big tropical party. 
That's so fun. Have you seen, have you, if you've not seen our kids ministry, we have this huge bouncy castle in there, which is a miracle we can keep that going because of, you know, the price of inflation. You're my favorite. Don't boo me. Don't boo me. Um, you, you hate that joke, but you'll use that joke. I promise you. Uh, we're in a series, Unwrapped Living. Unwrapped Living, realizing your God-given gifts. If you have your Bible today, would you open it to 1 Corinthians chapter 12? 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to start reading in verse 1. Unwrapped Living. We believe there's so much that God has given us, and so many times we leave it uh, wrapped in the corner. A couple, couple of months ago, I was going through our junk drawer. How many have a junk drawer? We have a junk room, by the way. You know what I'm saying? Like, that junk drawer, it's like it's, everything goes in there. You know, the pliers that, like, are the X. I call them the X. They're actually called the Phillips. I don't know. X. Um, everything's in there. And I found this gift card in there. I was like, Nancy, is this used? She's like, I don't know. So I went and tried this gift card at Subway. I'm like, there's money on that. I'm like, how did we not know we could have used that? There's been a couple of weeks we could have used that subway money and it was just left, it was wrapped, it was left unused in the drawer. And so much that God has given us is so much more valuable than a subway gift card. Come on, somebody. And God has given us some things for our lives to use, to help us in our lives. And we want to unpack them, unwrap them in these coming weeks to help you. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, if you're there, say hey. If you're lying, say hey, hey. Love you so much, church. You're my favorite church I've ever lead pastored at. Favorite. (laughs) Chapter 12, verse 1. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us. These are the gifts. These are the treasures. These are the things that we're going to be unwrapping. I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that uh, when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless Idol. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but is the same God who work, does the work in all of us. Today, we're talking about uh, spiritual gifts. And this first, um, as we unpack them, the first one to go into the title today, if you're taking notes, I'd encourage you, if there's ever a series to take notes, this would be the one. It's called the love gifts. Look at your neighbor and say, it's all about the love. The love gift. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for your help. Father, thank you for the, for the many online and in person. We love you so much. Holy Spirit, thank you for the moments of transformation and inspiration um, and hope that you've already ministered to us today. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you can do so much in our lives and so much more. And we welcome that today. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for every guest that's here. Thank you that they felt comfortable enough to come today. Thank you for our church family today. And God, our goal is clear, is that we would leave here more like you and more in love with you than when we walked in. God, thank you for your help. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Love gifts. I want to put a a text uh, on screen about the gift test. If you can put that up. So um, you can do this. You text the word gifts with an S, G-I-F-T-S. Take that word and put it to that number. You start a brand new text, 902-903-2682, and put the word gifts. If you're like, I don't know how to do that, there's an email in your inbox in about 45 minutes that will have this exact same thing if, you have, if you're signed up to the mailing list. 
And this is a gift test. Don't want to do it right now because um, we're, we're unpacking this right now. But later on, we want to encourage you to unpack how God made you and what God has given you, as the Bible calls it, the spiritual gifts. You're going to text that word to that number. You're going to get a link and just fill it out. We don't get it. It's personal. It's for you. And it's going to help you discover possibly some of the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us. We're going to unpack why you need them and what they are and how you use them. But it's a little bit of an evaluation tool. It's kind of interactive. So whether you're online and in person, just text the word gifts to that number. Or you're like, I'm just going to wait till the email comes in my inbox at 11 a.m. this morning. It'll be in your inbox and you can do it when you get home. Uh, but that's going to help you over these next few weeks. You go, listen, I'm interested in this one because I have a feeling that's something that's in my life. Or you know what, my spouse or my friend, I know that's in their life. I want to learn more about that. So text that number. Uh, when the Holy Spirit enters our lives, I'm going to jump into this today, and I believe it's going to encourage a whole bunch of you. I believe we're going to see some clarity come on going, that's why I feel that way. That's why I'm wired that way. Uh, I, frustration uh, happens when you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And so much of the church is frustrated. Frustrated. And uh, I used to think the hardest thing in life was not knowing what you're supposed to do. It's not. The hardest thing in life is knowing what you're supposed to do and not being able to do it. And some of us have things inside of us, and we wonder why we're frustrated all the time. I believe in this series, we're going to unpack some things. It's going to bring some clarity. And I believe God's going to start using you at a different level in your job, in your home, and in your church, that you'll feel another level of purpose and satisfaction knowing that you are in the will of God and you are in the plan of God. Amen? The Holy Spirit enters our lives. He comes bearing gifts or a gift. You need to know that. He, he, he comes and he always brings gifts. And we call them spiritual gifts. Gifts, which is a really kind of a, uh, you know, divine term. But really, it's just when the gift of God, when the Holy Spirit comes, he brings, he doesn't come alone. He always, how many of those people that come to your house and they bring food with them or your favorite people? Like, I know we're getting together, but I brought a casserole. I brought a dessert. I brought, like, you know, I brought coffee. I'm like, thank you. When the Holy Spirit comes, he brings gifts to help us follow Jesus. And while we are invited to practice any or all of the spiritual disciplines, which we talked some of last week, not exhaustive, but some of them last week, we're called to practice all of them, or at least some of them, if not all, last week, the spiritual disciplines, the spiritual gifts are at the sole discretion of the Holy Spirit, and he gives as he wills. You're going to go through this series, you're going to go, no, I do not have that spiritual gift. I, I, in fact, that frustrates me, I want nothing to do with it. Either you're going to be like, okay, that, that explains a lot. I believe there's going to be some discovery of these next few weeks. Uh, we may hesitate with spiritual gifts. We may not understand them. We may not recognize them. We might even refuse it, but it doesn't change the fact that they are given to us. And we have a, 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 a kind of a theme uh, in my life, and I believe in our church, that if God's in it, I want it. Simple as that. If God's not in it, I don't want it. But if God's in it, if God's about it, I'm for it. Amen? And I want all that God has for me and God has for us. Spiritual gift, let me define it. It's a spiritual attribute given by the Holy Spirit to every member of the body of Christ according to God's grace to use within the context of the body of Christ. It's a special attribute. Special skills given by God. They enable us to make a unique contribution See, I believe that there's a God-given assignment on your life. Now, don't, don't let that just roll off your back. I believe there's a God-given assignment on your life. See, I believe there's the two most important days in your life is the day you were born. Come on, somebody. Everyone in this room had that day, right? 
the day you were born. We just, we're having babies being born in this church. People are home today because they're waiting for a baby to come today. We had people in our church, they had a birth last week of their, their first child. The most important, the first most important day in your life is the day you were born. That's why you're here. That's why you're dressed up. That's why you get your church clothes on. That's why you're able to enjoy coffee and you have life. The second day is when you find out why you had the first day. And so many people have had the first day and they spend the rest of their life not knowing why they're here. And they wonder why they're frustrated and aimless and lost. And, and, and I believe that the Bible unpacks why we were born. There's a purpose on your life. You're not just here with two feet in a heartbeat, sucking oxygen and, and dispensing CO2 just to get a job, get, maybe get married, maybe have kids, just get old enough to retire to Florida, pull your pants up to here, and hopefully you make it till you're 90. That is not why you're here. That is a benefit of being here. That's not your why you're here. There's a God-given assignment on your life. And when God calls you, he equips you. And God calls us to an assignment. He says, I have, a, I have a responsibility. I have a work for you. I have a purpose for you. And then he says, these are the tools. These are the skills. This is the training. These are the gifts that you need for this assignment. God calls, he equips. Hebrews 13, 21 says, he will equip you with everything good so you can do his will. See, God is so good. He says, this is the plan. And let me give you everything you need for that plan. These are spiritual gifts. There are 21 gifts roughly in scripture that are mentioned, 21 different gifts. And we're going to break them in this series into three groups to kind of unpack it and keep them themed. The first group is going to be this week. It's called the love gifts. Love gifts. I mean, something like, I'm already about that. Love gift. Just love gift. Then we have the word gifts. Not wordle gifts. Word gifts. And then we have the power gifts. The love gifts, the word gifts, the power gifts. We're talking today about the love gifts. And we're going to unpack these. And I believe some of you are going to see yourself in this today. It's going to give you some clarification. It's going to help you walk in your gifting. As you fill out that test, that evaluation for yourself, your eyes only, it's going to open up maybe some things you didn't know. Some of you already know but it's going to help you understand more of how God made you and what he's gifted you. The first love gift we're going to talk about today, the first love gift is administration. A whole bunch of you goes, that doesn't sound like love to me. <laughs> administration. Some of you, your ear, here's, some of your ears already perked up like, oh, oh, I have an Excel sheet. I'm ready to go. You probably already have notes and they're color coded. Some of you are like, that is not my gift. Right away, you knew that was not your gift. You barely found your pants today coming here. You're unorganized. Yeah, come on. Like, you think Excel is gum. You don't even know about spreadsheets, right? <laughs> administration, the gift of administration. Gift of administration is also called, in Scripture, the gift of guidance. It's important to understand that administration is not always a leadership gift. It doesn't mean administrators that you're always in leadership, but it's usually placed along leadership as a support. The where is not your call. It's not um, the position of, of what position and what, uh, where, what, what office am I in. You must be all about the how. You are obsessed with the how to get things done. Other translations of this gift also called it gift of guidance or wise counsel to the community. Administration gift. As a whole, this gift, the spiritual gift, which is given by the Holy Spirit to some people, is helping unpack and apply the vision of a leadership above them. As a pastor in this church, I'm so thankful for some that walk in the administration gift and they're helping unpack the vision and apply the vision that we have as a leadership. The word here that's used in this gift, the original language, they actually use the word that we would call helmsman, 
Helmsmen, or it's a, it's a nautical term. Helmsmen are people guiding the ship to its destination. The person at the helm carries out the instructions of the captain. The captain says we're going from A to B. We're going from this port to that port. And the guidance of the captain, the helmsman, doesn't deviate based on their own desires or their own course. They follow the instructions of the captain and they get them from point A to point B. That is a great visual of the gift of administration. There are a few telltale signs that you have the gift of administration that others might notice. Number one, you have an effortless uh, skill of organizing tasks and people. So you, you laughing, that's not you. How many right now you're thinking of somebody that you think, I think they have that gift. They, they love organizing. It's effortless to them. They love it. I can think of a few people right now, even I'm looking today, you just love, you just love getting organized. Okay, let's get a plan. Let's get a system. Let's get a list. You have a list for everything. Some of you, you're married to some of these people and they annoy you, right? The gift of administration, effortless skill of organizing tasks and people. You also like to streamline and clarify steps required to accomplish the complex tasks. You imagine ways of helping others reach their goals. You hear someone with a goal, you see potential in somebody, and you dream of ways, and you imagine of ways to help them get there. There's a great picture in Scripture, and I'm not going to read it today, in Acts chapter 6, that the early church, the apostles who had the gift of leadership, they were apostles, they were teachers, and it says they called uh, a whole bunch of men filled of the Holy Spirit, uh, and it says that they gave them the responsibility to organize the church because they were concerned that widows and orphans weren't getting fed, weren't getting helped. And they said, it's, it, we have to keep preaching and reading and praying, but let's find some men that are gifted in administration, full of the Holy Spirit, that can help us organize the church. They added 3,000 people in the first church service. And all of a sudden, with people, more money, more problems, more people, more issues. Come on, somebody. It's wonderful and it's challenging. And all of a sudden, there was hunger and there was needs. And they said, we have the gift to preach and teach and pray, but we need someone to help us organize. And it says they found these men full of the Spirit, and it says, and wisdom. They had a, many of them, and many of deacons, not all, not always, but many of our, our, our deacons in churches have a gift of administration to help apply and figure out the steps for the vision of the leaders of the church. It's ability the gift of administration, the ability to see others freed up to do their jobs. Like, let me handle the details. The gift of administration. Second gift today under the love gifts is the gift of helps. Gift of helps. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God applies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. The gift of helping others helps. The gift is usually given mainly to help others in practical ways, and it offers effective service to people in need. When you see people in need, something inside you rises going, I can fix that, I can help that. Some see people in need and it panics them and they want to go the other direction. When you have the gift of helps, you see a need and you're, you're drawn to that need. It takes on commonplace tasks and cheerfully and regularly does them, even worshipfully does them. You just love it. You love helping. Right away, I'm thinking of people in our church that have this ability, that have this gift. They, they see a problem and they love to help. A large percentage of people 
will have this gift in any local church. Nova is no exception to that. We seem to attract people that love the gift of help. You cannot pull this off if, you, if you're watching online or maybe you, just, you showed up in time for coffee and to come in. This does not happen without a whole bunch of people going, I see a need and I want to do it as worship. I want to help. I just want to help. Some people don't have that gift and they get drugged here by someone with that gift uh, early in the morning. But so many of us have that gift of, I just want to help. Here's a great definition. The gift of help refers to the capacity to unselfishly meet the needs of others through very practical service. The gift of helps is instrumental in liberating and encouraging others to fully engage their gifts. Here are some clues that you may have uh, uh, um, the gift of help that maybe you've undervalued it, but it's significant. If you realize you have an urge to help others and seen the notice without being told the way you can help others and assist them, you might have this gift. You're not told, but you notice it. If you don't mind taking on behind-the-scenes work outside of the spotlight and actually enjoy that and enjoy doing what others have been avoiding, you like demonstrating the gift of helps. The work is done because it's a simple joy to do it, using talent or ability or skill to help others within the church. A deeper enjoyment, maybe you have a deeper enjoyment, comes from seeing how your effort on behalf of others enables and encourages them to better use their own gifts. When I think of the gift of helps, I think of our production lead, Brad Berry. Brad, one of our first conversations, he said, my job, my passion is that people would never see me if I do it right. All they'll see is a chance for worship and preaching. If I do my job right, people will come to Jesus, have an encounter with God, their lives will be changed, and they'll never know I was a part of it. He said, if I do my job right, you'll be able to do yours easier. Brad is a prime example of someone who has the gift of helps behind the scenes. Yeah. If you're clapping, you know what Brad does. He's like, I get to do, I'm, I do what I do to help you preach the gospel. That's why when hands go up in salvation, Brad's usually crying in the back or texting me. Why? Because he knows it wouldn't have happened if he hadn't done his role and his team. But they like to be in the shadows, making sure that there is light on the gospel. That's the gift of helps. Another gift today in the love gifts, the gift of mercy. Gift of mercy, Romans 12, 8. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. This gift is about pity, compassion, and showing gracious favor. Mercy sees what someone needs, even when they do not see it themselves. Some people don't even see what they need, but mercy wants to rush in there. The gift of mercy is not an emotion, but it's a deep calling. It is a divine love under the power of the Holy Spirit, practicing compassion in Jesus' name. I like the way Peter Wagner, the great missionary writer, writes it this way. He says, mercy is a special ability that God, that God gives to certain members of the body of Christ to feel genuine empathy and compassion for individuals, both Christian and non-Christian, who suffer distress, physical, mental, and emotional problems. And translate that compassion into cheerfully done deeds which reflect Christ's love and alleviating suffering. That's a gift of mercy. You feel pain from a story easily and instantly want to make it better. Just last few weeks, I, I know of a person in another church and they, they messaged me and they have a, when, they, when, when the whole thing with Ukraine that started unfolding, Someone in their church, an older person in their church, felt so much compassion, they said, I just need to start knitting. 
I need to start knitting hats. It's cold there. People are crossing the border. There are children. And they started knitting hats for Ukraine. They didn't want the highlight. They didn't want money. They just started knitting hats and rallying people to knit hats, which they shipped over to help give people. It's the most basic of need. But they thought, when everybody else thought, oh, no, gas prices. Oh, no, World War III. They thought, people are going to be cold and homeless. What can I do? And they started knitting. That is a prime example of the gift of mercy. Every disciple hears a call from him to practice mercy. But according to Romans 12, some of us are particularly gifted with this capacity. And Paul adds an interesting challenge about mercy. Those who claim to have this gift, he says, if you show mercy, do it cheerfully. It's not out of reluctance. It's not out of guilt. It's not out of duty. It's out of cheerfully. Spirit-sparked mercy is given without the hint of attention for itself. It's never, look what I, look what I did. It's in the shadows trying to help meet needs that people know they have or don't know they have. The impulse to embrace someone far from God who's living in their sin is often an expression of mercy. And so is the willingness to weep with those who weep. When you see someone not doing well, your thought is not to judge or, you know, they probably deserve that. They probably have made the wrong choices. Mercy overwhelms you. You think, I just want to help them. I feel connection to them. I want to do something to help alleviate their pain. That is the gift of mercy. How is the gift of mercy different than the gift of helps? The difference can be seen primarily in the recipients of the gifts. The gift of helps is directed towards Christian leaders to help them do what they're called to do, to unpack vision and release them into different services. But um, the gift of mercy is directed towards those in immediate distress. When you hear a crisis, your heart leaps. You don't need to be there in the earthquake. You don't need to be in that house that caught fire. You don't need to be in that country. You identify with it, you feel it, and you're moved to action. Those in distress have your heart. The last gift we're going to unpack today in in the love gifts is the gift of giving, which is a love gift. God so loved the world, he gave. Romans 12, 8, again, it says, um, if it is giving, then give generously. There's actually a gift of giving. People with this gift have a deep sensitivity to God and a desire to channel resources to others. They do it with joy, right motive, and great generosity. Already in my life, even sitting under, uh, under my words today, I know of people in this place that just aren't givers. They have the gift of generosity. They love to help bless people. They love giving above and beyond. They love meeting needs. They love helping people. They see needs and they want to meet it financially. The gift of giving. All Christians are called to give. Rich and poor, teens, young adults, adults, less and more mature, all give back to God who has given us so much. And so many people right away go, right away, I know I don't have the gift of giving, right? You're like, no, not, not me. You know, you, you see the tip come up on the thing, you're like, hmm, how was service? Can I get away with 6%? I don't think I can. Or do, do, they know, do they know my name and my face? I should probably give more. People with the gift of generosity and giving, um, they usually are just like, you know what? I want to help this person. I don't know what they're going to school, what they're doing. Some of you are like, I don't have that gift. Well, all Christians are called to give. If you read the whole Bible, it's clear that we're called to give. In fact, in Scripture, it calls it the tithe, 10%. And what we earn and what we receive from the Lord, God gives us the ability to work. And the tithe is really the minimum, each of us. And, and not all do it, but in Scripture, it's pretty clear. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Old Testament um, and New Testament, it talks about common call of radical Christ-centered giving. 
In Malachi 3.10, it says this, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there'll be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I'll pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Put me to the test. Old Testament says, give a percentage of, your, of what you bring in. Trust me, I'll look after you. In the New Testament, 2 Corinthians 9.7, each of you must decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Pressure doesn't work. It's not godly. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. This, this generosity is not the spiritual gift of giving. That is just normal Christianity. Those with the gift of giving give more and more often to God's work. They realize it's a gift. People, some people have a gift of this, a gift of this, this talent and this gift. And they go, this is my ability is to give above and beyond to help make this happen. They discover that being presented with the need not only inspires them to give, it also makes them more aware of the resources that they have to use in their giving. Some of you hear of a financial need and we step back. People with the gift of giving, they get inspired by that. They don't get intimidated by big need. They don't get intimidated by big vision. They think, what can we do? How can I leverage what's coming into my life to make that? It actually excites them. And those without the gift of giving, they find that awkward. People with the gift of giving are always messaging me going, we need to talk more about giving in church. The rest of you are like, whoa, they're talking about money in church. Oh, it's weird. There's a debit machine in the lobby. People with the gift of giving are like, we need to take more offerings. Where can we give to something? And they have the gift of giving. They discover that being presented with a need not only inspires them, but they find more places in their resources to give. Most people do not go around thinking, how much more can I give away? Most people don't. But those with this gift do, and they do it with joy in Jesus' name. Notice again in Romans 12, it says, give generously. The word generously actually means, that word means, to it, folding a cloth without folds. It's, it has a cloth without folds. And the folds represent hidden places. Folds are always places where things can hide. And when you give generously, it's saying it's a cloth without folds, which means their life is an open book. There's nothing hidden, nothing set aside, nothing reserved, nothing that's not allowed to be out in the open. And they just unfolded, transparent, open in their lives, going, whatever I have is God's. If he wants to direct it, I will give it. And they're inspired by God-given vision and direction. If you have the gift of giving, your motive is not political. It's not, can I get ahead in this? Can I get a position in this? It's not about tax receipts. It's not about what you can accomplish. It's a God-given stewardship. You honestly feel if God's given it to you and you're just a funnel. Where can I give that? That's the gift of giving. Definition, I like this definition. It says the gift of giving refers to the capacity to give liberally, to meet the needs of others, so you can do with the, uh, and you do so with a purity of motive which senses that the giving is a simple sharing of what God has already given. Here's some traits that you can spot if someone has the gift of giving. You find yourself earmarking certain amounts of money and, and resources because you have a strong sense that an opportunity soon will be presented where you can give. I've heard this conversation going, I just had this extra money come in. I, just, I have a feeling there's going to be a need where I can help. There's going to be some vision. I'm just going to put it aside. Some of us are like, I, I need that subway card in the drawer right now. Others are like, I just feel like there's some extra because I feel like it's going to go somewhere that God's going to want me to give it, whether it be to a person, to an event, to an organization, to a moment, to a need, and you start earmarking money. Also, if you have this gift, you are tuned into settings um, and, and lives in a way that makes you aware that a material gift would significantly impact what God is doing through a group or a person's life. 
You spot needs. You're tuned in. You notice. You notice when kids don't have the right size boots on in the lobby. And you're thinking, I could help that single parent. You're tuned in going, I think I have a feeling like that. This would impact and help them get ahead. You notice things like that. You're tuned in. You get a great joy out of helping someone without them ever knowing you delivered the assistance. You love giving anonymous money because it's not about you. It's about God using you as a steward and a funnel. You find yourself holding possessions and resources lightly, always on the lookout for someone who might have a greater need than you. Very much an open hand. You have discovered that following the Holy Spirit prompts about giving is a part of an amazing process in which your own needs continue to get met. It seems like you are always blessed because you keep giving. As you bless, you're blessed to be a blessing. And as you realize as you follow, not just giving away frivolously, not just being reckless, but as you follow God's prompting, it seems like you keep getting more. You have the gift of giving. The gift is not measured by the amount, but whether or not you find great joy in giving. Last week, I uh, was contacted by a couple in our church. And they, uh, again, this conversation seems to be happening recently. And they're like, hey, I, want, I just want to talk to you about a building, about your building. I, I, I hear you dropping hints. You talked about, man, someone gave so generously at Christmas time. I want to hear, I, I want to know what your vision is of a building. I want to know what you're thinking. What are you seeing? And, and um, what's the vision? What's the need? So I, I said, we're not ready to kind of unpack that as a church. We're in the very early stages of just dreaming and talking. We have no plans. We've bought no land. There's been none of that. We're just at the discussion, dreaming. What could it look like? What are the parameters that we want to kind of dream within? And so I shared what that dream looks like. And we're going to share it with you down the road, what that dream looks like. And, and as I heard the dream, they said, we want to be a part of solving that problem. We are excited about that. We want to help make it happen. And they slid a check across the table, and this is getting a habit. This time, Nancy didn't take it. I did. And it was $25,000. So awesome. You can clap for that, by the yeah. way, if you want. Yeah. So I contacted our, our financial lead, and I was like, Here's the secret to getting a building. Come on back, worshiping. Here's the secret to getting a building. Don't tell anybody that we're doing it. Don't have a plan. Don't have a giving fund. Don't, 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 don't take an offering for it. Apparently, if you don't talk about it, it just keeps coming. And I'm like, we're excited this year at some point to unfold some of this plan. But this couple said, we're excited about the potential to, to meet a need that maybe you're not even aware. You haven't even expressed the need yet. But we have some resources that came in, we earmarked it, and we're excited about it. And we think this is a part of what God's saying to help you guys get to that next step. That is the gift of giving. And God gives these gifts, and I'm thankful for all the gifts of the Spirit. Administration and help and mercy and giving together, those gifts show the love of God. My God, the people, the administrators we have in our church that help us keep us organized, the people of helps that meet needs in lobby that you don't, there are people in needs that we don't even have to reach because people are like, I've already solved it. I've already helped them. I already fed them. I already blessed them. I already solved that. We have people with the gift of mercy. That's why when you walk into this church, hopefully in Jesus' name, you might feel far from God, but you don't think, I don't belong there. I don't, they looked at me with judgment and scowls, and I feel like I'm a leper in a leper colony. I feel like I don't, I don't, I don't belong. If that's, this is not that church. Why? Because those with the gift of mercy go, no, no, I, I see where you are, and we just want to run and help put our arms around you figuratively and literally and go, you belong here. We're going to help you. You might feel far from God, but we want to help you get close to God. And the gift of giving. People go, no, no, I understand that there's a responsibility and there's a minimum and there's a lifestyle, but we want to be generous in all we do and meet needs. Whether the church knows about it or not, we're meeting needs around in our community, in our church. As we go into this next season, even talking about a building, people are going, listen, we're all going to do our part, but some of you are going to be like, I feel like this is something 
I am excited about, I want to be a part of. And when we all start using our gifts, the church comes alive to be able to reach the community. If it was just left to a preacher, we wouldn't know, we wouldn't have a build, we wouldn't have a building to rent, we'd have no emails, we'd have no website, we'd not be organized, there'd be no, if there wasn't a gift of helps, so there would be no stage, there'd be no setup, there'd be no microphone. When we all start working together with the gifts, all of a sudden we start flowing and great is the potential what God wants to do. Gifts of the Spirit. We want to unwrap them, live some unwrapped living in our lives. Special skills given by God that enable us to make a unique contribution. There's a God-given, let me say it again, there's a God-given assignment on your life. And when God calls, he equips. Who God calls, he equips. You know there's an assignment on your life? You're wired a certain way. God's blessed you with things. And maybe some of the things that's been frustrating you, you're thinking, why do I think that way? Why do I act? Why does that? I believe some clarity is going to come. You're going to move into another level of living. Next week, we're talking about the word gifts. The word gifts. And some of you are going to see yourself in that. You're going to take that survey that we sent home to you by email and by text, and you're going to start unpacking some things. As we get ready to sing this song, as we get ready to close, I want to take a moment and just say, hey, if you don't know Jesus, you're like, man, spiritual gifts, I, I don't even know if my spirit's alive. The Bible says that when Jesus comes into your life, he makes all things new. It's a new life. It's a new life. And some of you are like, man, this old life is tying me down. This old life, I, don't, I feel far from God. I'm in church today, but I don't, I don't. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, a miracle happens. He gives you a fresh start. And you can know Jesus. It's more than a building. It's about knowing Jesus. You have a relationship with Jesus. I mean, when you walk out this room, church doesn't end. The relationship continues. Jesus sticks with you in your car. He sticks with you in your apartment, your home, your work, your school. He is with you. It's not about coming to a building. It's about God coming into your life. If you say, Mike, I don't know Jesus, both online and in person. You know, I, don't, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I'm, I'm new to church. I'm new to faith. I, I, the Bible says you can know Jesus. I want to pray for you. If you could just bow your head for a moment, every eye uh, closed, every head bowed, just for a moment. I just want to pray for you. You say, Mike, I want you to include me in that prayer. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and put it right back down. That's it. I just want to know who I'm praying for today. You say, Mike, that's me. I want you to pray for me. On the count of three, just raise your hand. One. Oh, God loves you so much. Two. You had the first day, the day you were born. Today, you're going to find out why you were born. It's to know Jesus and his plan for your life. Three, if that's you, all over this place, you can raise your hand and put it right back down. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Put it right back online. We believe you're doing the same thing. You put your hand right back down. Can we all stand to our feet? We're going to pray today for those who prayed that prayer. We're going to pray this prayer. Church, can we pray this together? Worshiping, can you pray this with me? If you raised your hand, we want you to pray this out loud, but we're all going to do it together because we're in this together. And we believe today a miracle is going to happen. You're going to start your relationship with Jesus a beautiful journey of Jesus leading your life. And it's a miracle that happens. You're going to walk out of here and the old life is going to fade. You have the same job, same family, same challenges, but now you have new hope, new life because you have Jesus inside your heart. You ready? Let's pray. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for coming into my life. Forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for my choices that led me away from you. I'm asking that you would make me new today. I'm asking that you would lead me today. I'm asking that you would save me today. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I love you. Come into my life. Amen.
Amen. Come on, give me a round of applause today. Church, if, if you prayed that prayer today, if you prayed that prayer, would you just do us a favor and stop by that big yellow wall? We have a free Bible we want to give to you. Just take it and go. Uh, it'd be the best gift you've gotten this week, a free Bible. Just stop by that yellow wall. For the rest of us, can we sing this song as we close about the goodness of God? Can we sing this song as we unpack what God's done in our lives?